You want a war? You're gonna get one. Now get the guns, the drugs, from my generation, I'll take the fall. Hey yo, Reliving the War number 142. We have another massive episode this week with Raw coming from East Rutherford, New Jersey and Nitro coming from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Bash at the Beach 98's in the books, so check out that video when you get a chance. I was a bit critical of the pay-per-view and it was far from WCW's best show of 1998, so let's see if they can improve with Nitro tonight. Jam-up guy Albert Butler attended AEW Revolution last week and he watched the MJF vs Daniel Bryan Ironman match in the best way possible, while wearing his jam shirt and drinking a lot of beer. Thanks very much Albert for being this week's jam-up guy. Let's get to it then, another week, another episode of Reliving the War. We kick off Nitro with an NWO Hollywood promo. Bischoff says Hogan wasn't very talkative backstage and he wants to know what's on Hulk's mind. Hogan says he and Rodman prove that the true power of pro wrestling remains black and white and Hogan's soon gonna prove that Goldberg's nothing but a flash in the pan. Hogan then wants to discuss family business. There's been some bumps in the road within the NWO. Hogan loves his family but he needs to sort a few things out. Hulk blames Scott Hall for losing the championship. If Scott defeated Goldberg last week then the title match wouldn't have happened. Rumour has it that Scott also said that Hogan shouldn't lead the black and white anymore and maybe it should be the bad guy calling the shots. So tonight Hogan wants to give Scott a gut check and Scott gets challenged to a match. Scott says he did everything Hogan told him to do, he turned his back on Nash at Hogan's request because he needed the money. So if Hogan wants to test Scott's loyalty then that's fine with the bad guy but Hogan should also remember that Goldberg may have beaten Scott last week but he also took away Hollywood's belt. Hogan says it's on before turning his attention to Bischoff. Hollywood thought that Bischoff was laughing at him so Bischoff can prove his loyalty too by refereeing the match. Eric clearly wants nothing to do with this. The crowd pop as Scott throws his NWO shirt at Hogan and then the moment gets completely brought down when the booty man speaks for the first time on Nitro. And I'm not trying to be funny here either. He goes on about DDP hitting him with a chair at Bash at the Beach and even the other NWO guys, except Hulk, have broken off to talk amongst themselves. Bischoff and Liz look depressed as Ed Leslie challenges DDP to a match tonight and Scott Hall thinks this is so bad that he actually leaves the ring. As far as Scott's concerned, this promo is over. Dissension within the NWO is just boring as hell now, it's remarkable how no one could come up with new ideas. The Barbarian wrestled Horace next, who cares right? Well hold your horses there cowboy. Barbarian kicks the now legendary stop sign into Horace's face to win the match. The flock then attack Barbarian. Someone needs to help Barbie right now so here comes the man called Ming to lend a hand. Ming has returned to WCW Nitro though this doesn't mean the faces of fear are back together. As a matter of fact Ming gives his old partner the Tongan death grip so it looks like we're picking up where we left off all the way back in February. 
Kurt Hennig and Rick Rude come out for a promo and Rick says he didn't attend Bash at the Beach because someone cancelled his flight. Kurt says the NW will deal with that later but tonight Kurt wants another shot at Goldberg's world title because, get this, after getting his ass handed to him last night, Kurt Hennig now knows how to beat Goldberg. He knows his true weakness. And Kurt also doesn't want Ravishing Rick at ringside because Hennig doesn't want people saying he only became world champion because Ravishing Rick helped him out. Rick confirms that Kurt's comfortable going on his own. Kurt says absolutely, so that's our main event tonight set in stone. The question is though, what is Goldberg's true weakness? Put your answers in the comments. JJ Dillon wants to congratulate Rey Mysterio for a job well done last night at Bash at the Beach, but Chris Jericho comes out to ruin all the fun. Chris has the WCW rulebook in his hands. Yeah, that big thing contains every rule ever written in WCW. And Chris wonders if JJ Dillon knows what it says on page 257. It says, a suspended wrestler is not allowed to attend shows which he or she are suspended from. If that suspended wrestler affects the outcome of a title match, the decision of the aforementioned match is null and void. Jericho's got Dylan by the short and curlies. JJ begrudgingly says that Jericho's right. It's right there in the rulebook. So Mysterio has no choice but to hand the belt back to Chris. Dean Malenko appears and he says Chris won't get away with this, but Jericho says, oh, but I did, Stengo Malenko. Jericho says Dean and Ray should wrestle to determine the number one contender. The men agree, so that match is going to take place a little later too. That's three matches promoted already. Hacksaw Jim Duggan then got more of that sweet Ted Turner money when he defeated Ric Fuller in under two minutes. He won the match with the old glory knee drop and then Buff Bagwell came back to Nitro for another promo. My my, Judy Bagwell looks different today, doesn't she? Buff again says he wants to go his separate ways from Scott Steiner when he's able to get back in the ring, but right now he wants to talk to Scott's brother, the man who bulldogged him on Thunder, which in turn led to Buff's injury. Rick comes out, but he's immediately followed by Hulk Hogan and the Booty Man. Hogan says when Buff joined the NWO, it was for life. All this quote babyface crap that Hogan's hearing from Buff makes him sick. Maybe Buff's name should get changed to Cream Puff Bagwell with all this babyfacing he's been doing recently. Hogan says he's tired of hearing Bagwell speak, so he pushes Buff right off his wheelchair. This action right here gets Hulk a ton of heat. The crowd chants Hogan sucks as Rick and Dr. Doolittle here help Buff, and this does help too in getting Bagwell a little more sympathy. I'm telling you, there's something here with Buff Daddy. The audience last week and this week are fully behind him. I'm just a sexy well, 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 look who's back on Raw. The funny pack is run dry, ladies and gents. It's time for a refill. The Heartbreak Kid's back. He's going to provide commentary for this full episode of Raw's War. And even though old HBK was still having some difficulties getting his life together, he's looking a lot better here than what he did around WrestleMania. The crowd give him a great ovation too. Jim Ross wonders if Sean's going to get back in the ring. He says nobody knows that answer but the big man himself. So Sean does not confirm if he's going to compete again. Undertaker vs Vader kicks off the action on Raw while on Nitro we've got Fit Finlay vs Bret Hart. It's great seeing The Undertaker wrestle again on Raw. It's not so great that he almost got his face melted off when the Pyro guy accidentally hit the cane button instead of the tiny Undertaker button. I'm about to kill this 
the pyro guy. The Undertaker has absolutely no luck with pyrotechnics. See Elimination Chamber 2010 for more evidence. Vader makes his entrance and then, of course, Kane shows up too along with Mankind and Paul Bearer. They kinda gave that bit away, didn't they? These three stand on the outside as the match gets underway. Taker pulls off the jumping clothesline early, but Vader fires back with his big belly bounce, followed by a clothesline of his own. The dead man takes a few forearms in the corner and he replies with a standing leg drop or a rocker dropper. We then see old school as Undertaker looks to end this one early it seems. Vader then gets clotheslined over the top rope and Undertaker gets a good look at his little brother after smacking Vader's head on the guardrail. Back in the ring, the man they call Vader falls over when performing a power slam. Jim Ross says this was a modified power slam. And The Undertaker takes a splash, but he kicks out at two. The crowd chants for HBK as Vader attacks a grounded Undertaker. Vader hits a middle rope splash, but Undertaker somehow kicks out. And this leads to The Undertaker firing back with a choke slam, followed by a tombstone pile driver. After Taker wins via pinfall, Mankind goes to hit Taker with a chair, but Kane takes the chair away. Jerry Lawler's convinced that Taker and Kane are working together as the big red machine smacks Vader. So who knows what's going on? All signs point to Taker and Kane joining forces very soon though. On Nitro, Nick Patrick, who's going through his Steven Seagal phase, bumps into Brett by accident and see if you can lip read what Brett says. Get the fuck out of my way, lard ass. Wonderful. Brett beats Finley up pretty badly in the corner before choking him out. Brett headbutts Finley and he rakes Finley's face before Fit pokes the hitman in the eyes. It looks like Brett definitely felt this big European uppercut from the former TV champion. And Finley then chokes Brett in the corner before laying in a few forearms, followed by a short arm clothesline. This one is very physical, but there's no wrestling moves at all so far. Brett hits a low blow on the outside. Finley takes a ring post bump and a guardrail bump before it gets back in the ring. And there we go, a wrestling move from His Excellency. More strikes from Brett, another eye poke from Finley. Finley then pulls off a sleeper hold and take a look here. Patrick gets in Brett's way, Nasty Nick gets fingered right in the eye completely accidentally. And look at this goofball selling it like his head's about to fall off, stumbling around and getting all angry. Mate, I'm no expert, but you were in so close that you were almost becoming part of Finley's brilliant haircut. Also, why on earth was he feeling Fitz's elbow? It's like, yeah, that's a fine elbow you got there, Finley. Oh yeah. Brett breaks free, Finley takes more shots in the corner, Finley gets a boot up at the opposite side and Patrick still selling his broken eyeball. Brett delivers an inverted atomic drop, he then delivers a clothesline, Finley tries to grab the ropes during a sharpshooter attempt but Brett lifts him up, he slams him down, Brett applies the sharpshooter and the hitman wins a pretty, it's a pretty bad match, I'm not gonna lie. Look at Nick Patrick though, <laughs> I swear to god. Brawl for all time, Bart Gunn vs Bob Holly on Nitro, Stevie Ray vs a returning Rick Martel. Gonna get the old Brawl for all scorecard out early and show you how I scored this one. Round 1, Bob Holly gets bothered. Round 2, Bob Holly gets bothered. Round 3, Bob Holly gets bothered. It's funny too because old bombastic Bob, wearing what looks like his boxer shorts, pushes Bart before the fight, trying to act all tough. 
But Southpaw Bodacious Bart absolutely annihilated Sparky Plug without trying a single takedown. In round 2 it looked like Bob was gonna cry, and, and after another round of sheer domination Bob looked like he completely regretted his decision to fight in this tournament. Hardcore Holly would make up for this though by attacking defenseless rookies on Tough Enough and getting his head wrecked by Brock Lesnar, so aye, good job Bob. After the fight there's a little scuffle that was worked by the way, Bob and Bart travelled together and all they were doing here was cement the breakup of the new Midnight Express. It was also revealed before the fight that Jim Cornette had broken away from these two because they agreed to fight each other in this tournament. Bart Gunn looked impressive though and for some reason he looked about 4 times bigger when competing in this brawl for all. He can definitely throw a punch too and all the proof you need is right here on Bob Holly's face. So we may have a dark horse on our hands here. Over on Nitro, Stevie Ray comes out holding the TV title and he's claiming to be the TV champion, we'll learn more about this in a moment. Rick Martel's back from that rough injury he sustained at Super Brawl 8 but unfortunately he gets re-injured in this match and he decides to call it quits. He doesn't re-injure his knee, he injures his neck. Let's check the finish and we'll learn about what happened. Martel has the match won, he locks in the Boston Crab, but Bret Hart then appears and he smacks Martel on the head with a steel chair. Stevie then goes for the slapjack which is basically a pedigree with a lift before impact, and Martel didn't want to take that impact on his surgically repaired knee. So he tried to get the finish changed but WCW went along with the normal plan. Martel decides he's gonna avoid taking any impact on his knee so he jumps up and he ends up landing right on the top of his head. This was all confirmed by Rick in an old RF shoot interview that's on YouTube right now by the way so that's something you can check out. And right when he took this move and got hurt he decided on the spot that his life is more important than he wanted out. So we won't see Martel in the ring again on Reliving the War. It's a shame too because I thought he still had a lot to offer. But nonetheless, Stevie Ray tells Mean Gene that Booker's in hospital recovering from an injury. Booker gives Stevie power of attorney to defend the TV title apparently and Mean Gene's not buying it. Stevie says he has documents, Mean Gene wants to see those documents but of course Stevie left them at home. So there you have it, Stevie Ray's the new TV champion it seems. Jason Sensation wants to share a few impersonations on Raw, on Nitro we've got Conan vs Barry Darso. Jerry Lawler's getting Jason to do more Owen Hart impersonations but then he asks him to do Owen's brother Brett. The best there was and the best there ever will be! Who in the hell is that, some mid carter? <laughs> Lawler makes Jason do impersonations of The Undertaker, he does a great Steve Austin too and a great Shawn Michaels, but it always comes back to Owen and it's Jerry who keeps this going. I know I'm late, but my nose got here 10 minutes ago! <laughs> Jason says he has a lot of respect for the stars of WWF, he's just having fun and he's just a fan. Owen Hart meanwhile doesn't think too much of Jason when he gets interviewed backstage along with Kama, D'Lo and Rock. The Nation aren't too happy with that stunt DX pull last week, of course, and Owen says if Jason keeps this up the Blackheart will come down there and slap the piss out of Mr Sensation. Jason looks worried but Lawler makes him do more Owen Hart impressions and Owen makes good on his promise. He runs down to the commentary table and Jason gets slapped across the mouth. Jason gets tossed into the ring and give the guy credit, he sells the sharpshooter like an absolute champ. Jason was a pretty big Hart Foundation fan as evidenced in his brief appearance in the Wrestling With Shadows documentary, so this must have been a dream come true for him. But the dream of getting beat up by Owen Hart ends when DX and the nation run down for a brawl. I thought Jason did a great job. Over on Nitro, I bet you remember all this Wolfpack business being better than what it actually was, right? 
Yeah, I thought it was a bit more involved, but over these past few weeks, there's been absolutely nothing going on within the faction, but hopefully that changes soon. Barry Darso versus Conan feels like a house show match, and funnily enough, it plays out like one too. Darso attacks early, he threatens to break Conan's arm at the ropes, K-Dog then takes one of the weakest clotheslines I've ever seen, and then, thankfully, Conan goes on offense. Darso gets floored with a rolling lariat, he then takes the seated dropkick. Conan then hits a facebuster, and then the tequila sunrise gets applied. A swing and a miss from WCW. Owen and The Rock take on Triple H and X-Pac next on Raw, we've got The Disciple vs DDP on Nitro. Triple H and X-Pac work together to get Owen and Rock out of the ring as the tag match gets underway on Raw. We then get Rock and X-Pac doing some work with Kid taking some corner punches followed by a Samoan drop from the People's Champion. Rock tags in Owen, we see a great elbow drop from Hart, and Jim Ross asks Sean how he feels about DX these days. Sean says the faction is exciting, but HBK no longer fits into the equation. He's happy sitting here on commentary with his new best friends. X-Pac gets launched into the corner sternum first and his comeback stops when he misses a crossbody. The Rock comes in as Triple H eagerly awaits his hot tag, but it's not coming anytime soon. Rock throws more right hands and he gets annoyed when Mike Kyoto tries to stop him. Kid delivers a spinning wheel kick but he can't tag out afterwards. Rock floors his opponent with a clothesline, he delivers a body slam and The Rock hits the people's elbow. As mentioned, the move is really catching on now with more and more people cheering every week. China jumps on the apron when Pac gets punched in his little 1-2-3 kid. The referee gets distracted by Owen and China. Hunter smacks Rock with his European belt, though Rock kicks out of the follow-up cover. Rock gets up before X-Pac and he takes out Hunter on the apron, but then X-Pac hits the X-Factor and the match is over. Hunter didn't get tagged in at all once the match really began, and you know, it's good they laid this match out a little differently. You're waiting for the hot tag as usual, but this time the guy getting his ass kicked pulled through and he got the victory. Over on Nitro, DDP cuts a quick promo. He says he's going up against Hollywood scum Hogan Shadow tonight. He doesn't really care if Disciple ended up with stitches at Bash at the Beach because DDP's been through it all, and you don't see Paige standing here crying like a baby. So Disciple, tonight, you will feel the out comes Hollywood Hogan Shadow, and this is the first time Oled Leslie's wrestled on Nitro in quite a long time. It's all DDP at the opening bell as Booty Man takes a few punches, followed by a back suplex. DDP then takes a low blow, and this puts Disciple in control. The Las Vegas crowd get behind Dallas as the Zodiac chokes him out in the corner. Beefcake pulls off what could be the worst looking pile driver in wrestling history, and that includes Owen's pile driver to Steve Austin. And here comes Ravishing Rick Rude. If Rude can't help Hennig, then he's gonna downgrade to the butcher. Rude knocks Paige off the top rope, but that doesn't help much. Dallas gets the opportunity to throw the man with no name into Ravishing Rick, and DDP wins with a schoolboy pin. Brother Brudeye isn't even worthy of a fucking diamond cutter. Paige goes into the audience to make his exit, and he gets mobbed by his adoring fans. When he reaches the entranceway though, he gets jumped by Hollywood Hogan in the NWO. The Hulkster hits Dallas a few times with a steel chair, and it looks like old Hollywood's back to those weak chair shots. So, it's clear that Hogan has some unfinished business with DDP, even though he and Rodman defeated Paige and Carmelone last night at the pay-per-view. Let's hope this isn't forgotten about next week or the week after.
Stephen M. F. Blackman versus Mark Merrow on Raw, Kenyon versus Saturn versus Raven on Nitro. Sable comes out to see Steve Blackman perform tonight because she's seriously thirsty, but as we all know, Steve Blackman only has eyes for Jacqueline. Mark's gonna try and show off with a few right hands, but Steve's all about messing guys up, no time for showing off. So he stuns Merrow with the breeze from his roundhouse kick, and then we see Blackman's hard-stopping double-handed chop. Steve makes Marvelous Mark eat the canvas and bow down to his master before trying to break his spine in half with a violent back elbow. Sable says she would do absolutely anything for Blackman right now as Stevie kicks her husband right in the jaw. Mero then takes more spine abuse when Steve delivers the backbreaker from hell, but Mark hits a low blow followed by a Samoan drop, the dirty cheater. Once again, Blackman's heart gets broken when Jackie goes to the top rope for an aerial attack. But then, Sable lends a hand and Jackie gets some rope smashed into her little... Uh, her little... Let's just leave that one alone. Steve performs the Mavuga kick. He wins the match thanks to Sable helping him out. Sable wants some of that Steve Blackman beef, but our main man completely rejects Sable. Blackman decides it's time to move on from these daily distractions known as beautiful women, and it's time to get back to the real serious business. Defending Earth from villainous creatures found all around the galaxy, such as Double J Jeff Jarrett. We've got ourselves a triple threat match in Las Vegas, Raven, Kenyon and Saturn. The fight begins during Kenyon's entrance, and it's clear that Kenyon and Saturn only want to get at Raven. In order to get the Raven, they have to fight each other, so Magtane explains that these two have completely lost focus. They should really be working together here for the greater good. Raven laughs as Saturn kicks Kenyon, and the moment Saturn goes for his old friend, Kenyon strikes back. Kenyon pulls off his reverse electric chair drop. Raven gets hit with the fireman's carry flapjack, but Saturn comes back for Kenyon, and Perry decides to get a bit extreme. Kenyon gets set on a table and Perry performs a splash from the top rope to the outside. One of the rare instances of a WCW table spot actually looking good. Raven tries a superplex but Saturn counters. Kenyon then instantly wakes up from the table bump and Perry gets crotched. Raven then has to dodge a top rope splash from Chris but he can't dodge another one from Perry. And this highly entertaining match continues with all three men getting involved in a three-man back suplex from the top rope. Raven takes a flatliner and a Death Valley driver, but Raven's opponents keep breaking up the pin attempts that follow. And the match comes to an end when Saturn and Kenyon keep fighting on the outside and Raven wins via countout. I'd love to see this triple threat match on pay-per-view. These three made the absolute most of their limited time, and they could have had an even better match with an extra 5 or 10 minutes. Dean Malenko vs Rey Mysterio on Nitro. On Raw, we've got the New Age Outlaws vs Mankind and Kane. Now allow me to introduce ourselves. Shut up. So the WWF did remember that Kane and Mankind were the number one contenders for the tag titles and they're getting their shot tonight on Raw. The Undertaker comes out to get a closer look at the match and it begins with Mankind biting Road Dogg's head. Double J gets a boot up in the corner and Foley takes a clothesline and Road Dogg tags out so Billy Gunn can take over for a bit. Gunn performs an arm breaker, he tells Mankind to suck it, Foley rolls out of the ring and The Undertaker watches China hit Mankind with a tag belt and Mankind's bad luck continues when he charges into the ring post. Finally, Mick gets a break when he puts Billy in the mandible claw. Road Dog breaks it up, but Mankind's able to tag in Kane, and now the New Age Outlaws are gonna get it. 
Mr. Ass's punches have no effect whatsoever and James once again has to save his partner from losing the belts when Kane goes for a chokeslam. Gunn ends up getting thrown into the ring steps by Foley as Jerry Lawler wonders why on earth The Undertaker's standing at ringside watching this match. Billy gets back inside the ropes but then The Rock and Owen Hart show up. We get Road Dogg and Kane in the ring and that lunatic Jesse James has the gall to do his little dance in front of the big red machine. Gunn's able to run in and hit a pile driver on Foley and then X-Pac and Hunter appear at the ramp to take out Owen and Rock. Turns out the nation had a plan all along. DX forgot about D-Lo. D-Lo performs a lowdown on Road Dogg and this leads to Kane hitting a tombstone pile driver. Kane and Mankind are the new WWF Tag Team Champions and what a formidable tag team they really are. This means Austin and Taker face the Tag Team Champions at Fully Loaded In Your House. And look at this, the anti-establishment DX are backstage crying to the boss about what happened. Hunter says Vince needs better referees and he suggests that Vince goes out and he officiates title matches. Vince says he watched the match, the Outlaws did get screwed over, and Road Dogg wants McMahon to do something about it. Get over it for God's sake. On Nitro, we get to see Dean Malenko vs Rey Mysterio Jr once again, although to be fair, it has been a while. Mysterio lands on his feet following a snapmare takeover, Dean gets arm dragged out of the ring but they come to a stalemate after no physicality on the outside. Malenko brings it to the mat and he focuses on the arm and wrist, Mysterio counters and he goes for a pin but it's a kick out at none, Dean won't give up that easily. Mysterio hits the mat after a shoulder block and the commentators are talking about Arn Anderson being backstage last night at Bash at the Beach. Malenko performs a sidewalk slam before getting arm dragged out of the ring again. Ray then pulls off a somersault plancha but he misses the springboard Hurricane Rana and Dean delivers a tilt a word backbreaker. Ray counters the Texas Cloverleaf with a small package, Mysterio is able to perform a bridge after a series of counters on the mat. Ray then slips when going to the top rope and although it was a mistake, it's good that Ray didn't try to instantly recover. He sells it instead and he looks better for it. Mysterio counters a powerbomb with a sunset flip but he can't get the win. Malenko counters the Frankensteiner with his crowd pleasing super gut buster and all Dean needs to do at this point is lock in the cloverleaf. Unfortunately for Dean though, Chris Jericho appears and he hits Dean with the cruiserweight title belt. Jericho wants to avoid Dean Malenko at all costs, so he's pretty much handed Rey Mysterio a victory and a shot at the cruiserweight championship. Disco and Alex vs Kevin Nash and Lex Luger, Too Much and Takamichi Noku vs Kayentai. It's a bit of a weird team this isn't it, Taka Too Much? Shofunaki takes a weird bump from a standard monkey flip, Too Much do some double teaming and they perform a heart attack before Teo comes in. Scott Taylor says this one's for you Brian as he pulls off a pump handle suplex and Scotty then moonwalks back to his corner before tagging in Taka. So far this team's doing pretty well. Taka gets a little tied up in the ropes before pulling off a missile dropkick but when he signals for the driver the other members of Kayentai hit the ring. Too much chase Kayentai away before Too Sexy tags back in and Togo takes a sit down powerbomb. Scott Too Hot Taylor does some hot dogging and he pays for it dearly when Togo hits him with a moonsault but Scott replies with a back suplex. Scott then covers Togo and he thinks it's Taka who breaks up the pin attempt. So Scott shoves Taka, he gets dropkicked in return and Kayentai win after a senton bomb from Dick Togo. 
After Too Much beat Michinoku up and throw him out of the ring, Val Venus makes an appearance and he wants to address Mr. Yamaguchi. Val says he was wrong and he shouldn't have went after Yamaguchi-san's wife. So to show how sorry he is, Val wants to give Mr. Yamaguchi a preview of his latest movie, Land of the Rising Venus. The video plays on the Titantron and, oh dear, Yamaguchi-san loses his mind when his missus is seen eating a banana in Val's bed. Val says when they get a taste of the big Val Boski, they never go back. Get ready for some Saturday like fever with Das Wunderkind and some disco dancing with the Disco Inferno. On Nitro, Alex calls out the Wolfpack for what they did at Bash at the Beach. Or at least I think that's what he said. Disco says he had Conan beat last night, but Luger attacked Alex for no reason, and that big goof Nash powerbombed the Inferno for no reason. The Wolfpack may be the red and black attack, but Disco and Alex are the lemon and lime step on a dime, bust a rhyme, it's your duty to shake your booty dance party. I absolutely love this team and I hope they destroy the Wolfpack. Let's go boys, let's go! Damn it. Vinny Mac calls out The Undertaker next on Raw. On Nitro, Eddie Guerrero takes on Steve McMichael. So, Vince says he's gonna address the tag titles in a moment, but first he brings out the dead man. Vince wants to address The Undertaker, and maybe now we can get some answers. Taker comes down, and Vince wonders what The Undertaker wouldn't do to become WWF Champion. He destroyed mankind, and he made a statement at King of the Ring. He's chokeslammed nearly every WWF superstar over the past month or so. I think that's a bit of an exaggeration, but yeah. He's been pulling random stunts to maybe fool people, including not showing up when certain people needed help, mainly Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it looks like The Undertaker is now accepting help from his little brother. Taker's refused to answer anyone in regards to his actions, but Taker won't refuse Vince McMahon. So McMahon asks the question, is Undertaker in cahoots with Kane and is he aligned with his younger brother? Taker tells Vince to go to hell, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin makes his way to the ring. Austin confirms that he and The Undertaker are on the highway to hell and the two are going to collide at SummerSlam for the WWF title. Austin respects that Taker challenged them man to man, but there is a roadblock on this highway to hell when these two who have to team up to take on Kane and Mankind. Austin wants to know where Taker's head's at, and Taker tells Austin to go to hell along with Vince McMahon. D-Generation X then march to the ring, and seeing as everyone wants answers, Triple H wants to know if the Outlaws are going to get a tag title rematch tonight. He says Vince is going to grant DX their wish because Hunter knows how to prove if The Undertaker and Kane are working together. The tag match will have three referees, one inside the ring and two enforcers outside the ring. Those enforcers will be Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker. So Vince agrees, and our main event tonight is a match we have already watched, only this time we could get an answer in regards to The Undertaker's actions as of late. Before the Nitro match, we see a clip from Thunder. Steve McMichael says he's looked into Arn Anderson's soul and he knows Arn's still a horseman at heart. Mongo played an Arn Anderson promo from Fall Brawl 95. 
In Big Steve says the fire can burn once again, the horseman could ride again, all Steve wants Arn to do is think about it for now. Eddie dropkicks Steve into another reality when the match begins and we see that same back dropkick that Eddie performed on Chavo the night before. Big Steve bumps like a pro following a clothesline, but he gets up and he performs this front falling suplex. Never fear though because Chavo's here along with Pepe, the only real horseman I can see right about now. Chavo throws up the symbol of excellence on the outside and when Eddie goes for the frog splash Chavo gets in the ring. Chavito says he can be a horseman just like Big Steve and glass eyed Nick Patrick throws the match out, it's a no contest. Eddie dropkicks Chavo into McMichael, Steve attacks Chavo while Eddie leaves the ring, there's a mongo spike right there ladies and gents and Nitro moves on. Brawl for all action next, Dan Severn vs The Godfather, on Nitro we've got Hollywood Hogan vs Scott Hall. As mentioned previously, Dan Severn only fights in this first round match because someone else pulled out. Win or lose, he never planned on fighting more than once. The Godfather meanwhile said in a recent interview that he 100% expected to win this tournament. He was super, super confident that he could take everyone out, so maybe he didn't train as much as what he should've. Still though, Severn is a grappler and not a fighter, and seeing as he has to try and grapple with those boxing gloves on, then this one really wasn't as cut and dry as you might expect. Dan did end up winning the match on takedowns, I thought Godfather landed more punches in round 1 and round 2, but a takedown and most punches landed in round 3, along with a couple more takedowns in previous rounds, secured the victory for the beast in my opinion. Severn also wouldn't let go when the Godfather was on the mat, it was maybe instinct for Severn to keep his opponents grounded or he was maybe trying to tire Godfather out, but nonetheless he did get warned by the referee. Nowhere in the rules does it state what happens if a fighter gets penalised, so I'm sure Dan the man didn't really care. Not a great fight and it really didn't help either man in terms of their overall badassery. So the NWO implodes once again on Nitro, Bischoff comes out to officiate, Hollywood Hogan finds it very disrespectful when Scott throws his toothpick, but Hogan should really be thankful that Scott let him join the NWO in the first place, you know? Scott's got a toothpick for Eric Bischoff too, Hogan scratches at Scott's back before stuffing his stinking bandana in Hall's mouth, but Scott bites down on Hogan's sticky fingers and Bischoff struggles to break things up. Hogan thinks he's hot stuff after pulling Scott's hair and slamming the bad guy to the mat. Hall replies by bringing Hogan down to the canvas for a few slaps, but Hogan turns it around with a clothesline and a few punches while Scott's stuck in a headlock. Scott takes a corner clothesline, Hollywood claws at Scott's face. Hall replies with a few punches, but the disciple jumps on the apron to keep the advantage with Hulk Hogan. The timing wasn't great here. Hogan covers Hall, Hall grabs the bottom rope and Eric stops counting at 2. Hollywood gets a little angry at Eric and Bischoff even reprimands the booty man when he's caught choking out Hall. Still though, Bischoff refuses to count after Scott performs his fallaway slam, so Eric still has a favourite in this matchup. He lets Hogan choke Scott and when Hall returns the favour, Bischoff steps in. He even lets Hogan low blow his opponent and there's no repercussions. Hogan hits the big boot, he's just about to hit the leg drop, but Diamond Dallas Page 
runs out to help his old friend and get a little payback for earlier on. When the Disciple and Hogan team up to attack Dallas, big sexy Kevin Nash runs down and the NWO black and white guys get destroyed. The Outsiders then show some unity and the crowd pops, but Scott won't be joining the Wolfpack tonight guys. Scott attacks Kevin from behind once again. Paul just passed the gut check and now the black and white are going to take out Nash and Paige. DDP takes a leg drop and Scott continues to attack Kevin. We cut to a commercial break but we see Hollywood and Scott hugging it out while the commercials play it on TV. And you know what all this means, don't you? Yeah, this whole thing was absolutely pointless and nothing changes after another family feud within the New World Order. It was a total waste of time. And you may say, well, we got a Hogan vs Hall match out of it. And I'd say that is a good point if the match was any good. The Kurt Hennig vs Goldberg rematch is our Nitro main event. On Raw, the Outlaws try to win back their tag team championships. I'll cover the Nitro match first because there's nothing here. Remember when Kurt said he knew how to beat Goldberg? He knew Goldberg's weakness, right? Well, the plan was to slap him. Yep, that must have been the plan all along because it's the only thing Kurt would do in this matchup. Looks like our main man Mark Curtis felt that slap more than Goldberg. <laughs> Kurt gets punched in the face, he takes a spear and he gets jack hammered and that's the match over, I am not kidding. 1 minute and 22 seconds, the competitors spent most of the time looking at each other. Is this kind of thing more suited to the first half of Nitro or in the upper mid card? In my opinion, yes, yes it is. But WCW wanted to keep establishing Goldberg as this unstoppable force of nature who simply can't be beaten. It's gonna take a miracle to get that belt away from Billy Boy, or at least, hopefully, some clever booking. On Raw, the competitors make their way down to the ring along with the special enforcers, The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin comes prepared and he brings a beer cooler with him. Stone Cold watches on as The Undertaker has a discussion with Mike Chioda before the match gets underway. And here we go, Outlaws vs Kane and Mankind once again. Road Dog fights Kane in the ring as Billy Gunn hits Mankind with the ring steps. The Outlaws then work together to bring Kane down to the map before going back to the outside to take care of Mick Foley. The Outlaws clearly want to isolate the tag champs and it was a good battle plan for all of one minute. Road Dog and Billy Gunn try to suplex Mankind on the ramp but Kane kinda makes the save, Mankind still gets stumped on his head. Back in the ring we've got Kane delivering a big boot to Road Dog's head, the real Double J gets choked in the corner before getting whipped into the opposite corner, Mankind then tags in and James continues to get destroyed and all Billy Gunn can do is hope his partner can tag out. Once Foley gets done with James, Kane comes back in to perform his top rope clothesline. Quick tags from the new champs begin to really frustrate Billy Gunn, so Mr. Ass hits the ring and he lights Foley up with a few quick punches. Road Dog then tries to stand on the apron and let Billy Gunn take over but the referee says James has to get back in. During this conversation, Kyoto takes a bump though and so it's up to Austin and The Undertaker to officiate the match. Road Dog performs an inside cradle, Austin begins his count but The Undertaker pulls him out of the ring. That surely answers the question, The Undertaker is in cahoots with his brother, he has to be. Kane chokeslams Road Dog, Undertaker gets in the ring but Stone Cold stops the pinfall from happening and now we have ourselves a major problem. Just when you think these two are gonna fight, all hell breaks loose. Kane attacks Austin, Undertaker goes for Mankind, the Nation of Domination and DX get in the ring, there's stunners, chokeslams, it's a big old brawl to end Raw and the show fades to black. An okay main event in regards to the in-ring action, but a very fascinating main event in terms of storyline. 
Raw wins reliving the war this week. The whole Scott Hall and Hulk Hogan thing made me feel like I was wasting my time watching Nitro. In the main event too, could have been better. I know it's Goldberg and squash matches are expected, but come on, could we maybe get to two and a half or maybe three minutes next time? That would be nice. Raw now has 67 points, Nitro's on 59, and we've got 16 ties. In the TV ratings, Raw won with a 4.7, Nitro got a 4.5. Next week on Raw, Vince McMahon wants The Undertaker to learn a lesson and the dead man gets put in another match involving his little brother. Steve Blackman's back on form and he's looking to settle the score once and for all with Double J. And we've also got X-Pac and The Rock squaring off in the ring. On Nitro, Disco and Alex take on Masahiro Chono and the Great Muda. Scott Hall addresses his old friend Kevin Nash. And Bret Hart takes on DDP for the vacated US Championship. Thanks for watching guys, subscribe and like the video, leave a comment, all that good stuff, and please take care. Oh,